Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Clay Targets and More. This evening, we have a lot more tonight. We are going to shift gears, literally, and we are going to bring in some um, some new guys tonight that uh, are friends of mine in the drag racing industry, and uh, we're going to bring in um, a friend of mine called Jack Klein, and we're going to bring in a uh, track operator and owner, Gary Gardenhire. And we're also going to bring in a small tire extraordinary, self-proclaimed extraordinaire, Toby Knock. And we're going to bring in a real drag race guy, Alan Bradshaw, out of Odessa also. So, But for right now, we have uh, Jack Klein on. Evening, Jack. How are you, sir? Good evening, sir. How are you? Man, we're doing good. I see them... Uh, them fucktards are already blowing up the text machine, ready to get going already, huh? Oh, yeah. They red lighting already. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, Jack, tell us a little bit about you and tell us a little bit about your car and uh, what you got going, buddy. And then uh, I'm going to start inviting those guys in pretty quick before they get drunk and wander off in the weeds. All right. Well, I'm Jack Klein. <clears throat> I drive a 1993 Fox Body Mustang. Um, only way I guess you could say make it fast is put an LS in it, which we did. Little turbo, and uh, it, it gets down. It, it's it's a fun little car, and uh, still working. A small out tire, small tire car, right? Yes, sir. It's a small tire car. Yep. We run the the six O index, no prep. So. Yeah, we still got some bugs to work out in it, and we just went from carbureted to EFI. And uh, yeah, that's. And how how long have you been uh, drag racing, Jackie? I uh, think we got the car in nineteen, and we built it, and then we uh, started racing. Uh, what six months after we got it? So about a year and a half, almost going on two years of like full seasons it'd be two years pretty pretty solid uh yeah pretty solid even with covid got to do a few uh got a few a few events right yes sir yes sir we uh we went over to to pinwell in texas and was able to do a couple events because their track was open the new mexico tracks were you know locked down with covid and stuff like that so yeah we made a, a couple trips over to to pinwell well, fantastic. Keep keep telling us a little bit about what you got going, and uh, I'm going to uh, let the rest of these guys start coming in, if they will, and uh, we'll see what happens here. Yes, sir. So we uh, we switched over from carbureted, from blow-through, to EFI, and we're still trying to work some kinks out of it. It's a whole new learning curve. <laughs> I must say. Yeah, it has been quite the uh, uphill um, um, learning curve, hasn't it? It is crazy how much it takes effort to to get everything in where you want it and, and, and to make things do what it is that you're trying to tell it to do sometimes. Yeah, and, that, and that's a, you know, the laptop thing is a, a big thing for me because I'm not familiar with throwing it in there and telling the car what to do, so. I'm used to that blow through and, you know, a carp does what a carp does. So, yeah, it takes a little bit of time. 
Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, Mike. Man, I tell you what, buddy, you are, uh, I'm glad you made it in and welcome to 1991 with your brand new cell phone. That's yes. amazing. It's a close call, man. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Knock, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming, buddy. Thanks for the invite. Man, you are amazing. I appreciate you very, very much. I know, uh, I know Alan's kind of pressed for time, so we're going to give Alan just a minute here and, uh, we'll try to get Alan on and see if he can, uh, Kind of tell us a couple of things about what he's got going, and then we'll let him get out of here. So, well, Alan ain't uh, pressed for time. He just runs on Bradshaw time, and it's a lot different than everybody else's. Well, you know, I, I understand <laughs> that, and uh, that's damn sure the truth, by God. So, yeah. Well, Gary, while we're waiting, man, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and, and your track that you got that you own and uh, what you got going, Gary? Well, I have uh, Pen One Night Traceway. In Odessa, Texas, Penwell, Texas. I've owned it since 2008. Stepped away for a little while and took it back over in 2014. And just trying to get it rebuilt and back up to par. Get it out of the 80s and into a modern day society, basically. Well, I, I guarantee you're doing a fantastic job with it. And from us. From us peons over here in uh, southeast of Mexico, we damn sure appreciate going over to your track. Well, I appreciate y'all coming and supporting it. It takes everybody. It takes an army to do this, and I can't do it without the racers, and I can't do it without my employees. <laughs> hey, hey, Gary, talk about promoting the track. You know, I mean, we, we all have ideas on how track operators fuck up everything and how they do everything wrong, but you're a guy that seems to get it right more often than wrong, so... Talk about track promotions and what it takes. You know, the other day, um, I, I was mowing the yard of all things in March, and um, my phone goes off, and I get a cell text from uh, Penwell Knights Raceway saying that, "Hey, tomorrow night we've got uh, we've got racing and and tech inspection and stuff like that." So tell us about that kind of stuff. And um, promotion's pretty tough. I've been in all kinds of business all my life, been self-employed. This is probably the toughest job I've ever had. Um. I'm a people person, so that helps. And having good, actually great employees is the only thing that makes it successful. Um, it, it, such a big facility and so many moving parts to it. You've got to have people in the right places at the right time all the time. Um, the promotion side's changed a lot in the last five or six years, to be honest with you. I used to do a lot of radio ads um, and some TV stuff. And with technology, that seems to go away. Um, so we you focus think, on, you, go ahead. You think that's a good? You think that's a good thing or a bad thing, Gary? I, I really have a hard time deciding. Okay, it's it's probably a better option, um, but it's a harder option because not everybody does everything. You know, satellite radio and satellite TV took away from normal tv stations and radio stations so it's just a flip of the coin on which which direction to go um and i've tried a little bit of all of it to see what works and i, I wouldn't say i'm successful uh, but we've managed to stay alive well just by looking at your car count and your people count i, I would say that you've got more success than uh, than not so uh yeah whatever you got going with the facebook and the and the direct uh, uh, text messages and stuff like that seems to work out pretty well. It does help. Um, 
you know, I've got good partners in the game. I've worked real hard to uh, pick up people like Scott Taylor, Mike Murillo, Chad Copeland, oh, Matt Plotkin, and Jason Flores. Um, Chris Gray's with Funny Car Chaos. Um, we run it as a team together, um, so it's not just me doing a lot of this stuff. I've got a I've got a great support system with a lot of experience backing me. That that's awesome. That is awesome. Man. What what do you, what do you think it's taken to get your your no prep success where it is? And and I I I think as a local track, I think you've done a great job with it. You know, obviously some of the big big tracks like you know Bradenton and and some of the other places. You know, they've been doing it for quite a while. But uh, you know, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a dust bowl out in Penwell, Texas, uh, you seem to have a pretty good success running no prep. You know, I think most of it's because of West Texas and Southeast New Mexico don't have a lot of options as far as race and entertainment goes. Um, I unfortunately got my no prep back when my place burnt down at 16 and didn't have a timing system or a tower to run official races with. Miss uh, Shannon Craig Morgan stepped up and helped me get my feet wet in the sport of no prep and taught me the what's right and what's wrong and how to do things and how not to do things and why. Um, so that was a major move forward for me. I enjoy the sport. I enjoy heads up racing more than anything. Um, as you know, I come from a dirt track background and a drag race background and a street background, but my love for racing is the wing sprints and non-wing sprint cars. That that's a whole different game in itself, for sure. And I did that for a little while and um, had fun with it, but had to focus more on life and family. And um, you know, you know, I've got I've got kids from eight to twenty eight years old, and uh, so we've been drag racing mostly for the last twenty five years. But you'll you'll be happy to know that uh, the infamous Alan Bradshaw is absolutely unable to uh, to smash the link on his phone and and join the conversation. So at this point, he's he's texted me telling me that he's trying to download this app and now he's trying to find five G. And so yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Somebody may have to drive over to Alan's house to get him signed up on this thing. <laughs> yeah, he, he's got he's got to walk out of that race car trailer. Yeah, somebody <laughs> use the iPhone. Hey Toby, I'm glad you joined in. Let's give uh, let's give Gary a break for a second. Let's pick on you for a little bit. Tell us about Toby Knox. Well, I mean, I'm I'm from West Texas. Been here my whole life. Grew up in Andrews. You know, been around race cars pretty much since I was about eight years old. With my with my stepdad, and my uncle, and everybody else. And I started when I was about fifteen. Been in and out of it. You know, did some bracket stuff. Been on pinks all out stuff like that. Kind of got away from it. Decided to come back, bought a car that I helped build nine years ago. Said, hey, let's give this no prep stuff a go and see what happens. Became pretty pretty good at it. And this competition, I mean, it just, the competition has excelled so much in the last couple of years. So we decided to sell the car and build a new one. We got our new one, John Wick, which most people know. It's pretty well known. And with help from people like Gary and Alan and everybody, we, we're, we're starting to figure it out. 
Uh, yeah, it's a pretty lethal combination. You you came from a nitrous background like a lot of guys did, didn't you? Yeah, I did. When 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 they told me I was gonna have a, a belt, I thought, well, I already wear a belt, but it's it's different. <laughs> <laughs> what what combination are you running now? Big block Chevy with a six hundred pound blower on top, or what you got going? Right now we have a, a an old TAD Hemi in the car with a three speed Linko and a fourteen seventy one high helix blower from PSI. Woo. What kind of power are you putting down? And don't lot. lie like you do all the time either. Oh, uh, like 1900. 1900. <laughs> <laughs> he does that at idle. Yeah, that's what he's doing at idle, you know? And you lie so much, you forget the truth, don't you, Dobby? I don't even know scared, what it man. makes. I'm scared to put it on a dyno. I've only watched one blower car on a dyno, and it scared the heck out of me. That's why I don't want to put mine on one. <laughs> <laughs> Look, looking back at my dyno, I wish I would have got a, a hub dyno instead of a wheel dyno. But uh, anyway, I got what I got. So I know what my enough. nitrous car made on a dyno, and uh, this one is way more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, you talked a little bit about moving and, and how much the, the no prep game has, has moved and, and what what has transpired in the no prep game. What What do you think has been the biggest improvement in the no prep game so far? Honestly, just technology. I mean, I mean, I've been around a long time and, you know, nitrous motors is, is, is my past, but unless you got 900 inches, nitrous motors just don't run with it no more. You know, the technology of blowers and pro chargers and fuel injection and, you know, traction control and colon plug. I mean, there's so many more variables in and now. It ain't just about, you know, retarding your timing and, Turn on some timers and making it all work. It's 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 a totally different game. You know, it seems it seems like once once they broke the code to EFI and made EFI dumb enough for for most of us wrench heads to 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 figure it out. It's amazing what what has happened to power levels. Yeah, in I mean, sport. honestly, it went from fun to a second full time job. Yeah, it's it's a full time deal, and and it's amazing the support you got to have with somebody that can that can get on your computer with you, and and show you what you're you're trying to understand. Oh yeah, and absolutely, and I'm blessed. I mean, I have Alan Bradshaw as my crew chief. You know, he's ran Top Fuel and TAD and pretty much everything else out there, and he's very knowledgeable. And I have a bunch of guys on my team that are chassis guys and just rich guys you know i'm blessed i i can't say that enough i mean i couldn't do what i do without my guys you know and that's that's a big deal then you run a pretty good sized crew i mean it may not be the biggest in the sport but you keep what five or six guys with you on race weekend i I pretty much have four on hand all times and it's usually the same four i mean we don't change our program up because we figured out in the past when you start putting other people's hands in there things don't go the same you know, we have a we have a board on our trailer, and we write down, "This is your job. That's what you do." And when you're done, you sit there and you wait. You don't do nobody else's job. Yeah, that is absolutely a. Uh, it's just amazing how many people it takes. You know, it does. It takes a a handful of people, and you know, and and help from your your tracks and your local tracks. And like Gary has been a huge support in our program. I mean, I can't thank Gary enough either. I mean, he's he's been there from day one, and if I need something, Gary, I do everything in his power to help me out. Well, you know, and a lot of that a lot of that comes down to you know uh, renting a track, having having a track available to go test. You know, like you say, when you're when you're putting down 
you know, a thousand horsepower, you know, you got to have a place to test all that power, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, when you're putting down 26 or 2,800 horsepower, you got to have a place to go test that stuff. So, you know, and, a- and saying that, um, I try to help Toby as much as I can. I try to help all the racers as much as I can, but Toby's one of them guys that supports the track more than most, really. Um, he's actually an, uh, an official sponsor for the racetrack. Um, and then recently, um, he got one of his main sponsors on board with the racetrack. So, it, it, Who's that new sponsor? Do you all mind saying? Go ahead, Toby. It's Roger Wells of BNR Metal Buildings. He's been a, a huge asset to my program. And uh, he's a car guy, loves cars. He asked me about sponsoring the track. I said, I'll get you Gary's number. They talked. They worked it out. They got a deal going. So I was glad I was able to bring that to the table to, for Gary because Gary's, you know, helped me out so much. And it's it's uh, it's a blessing for both of us, you know, but it was a touchy situation for me to take a sponsor that's on a major race car and have them spend money with the track. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure I had Toby's blessing before we even entertained the, the, the thought. Um, I know what it takes to run a car of, of John Wick's caliber, and it ain't cheap. So for, for Toby to take money out of pocket to help the racetrack and for him to get his sponsor to come on board and help the racetrack in a, in a, a very big way, um, Holy God, I made it. I'm in, Holy boys. shit. Look at that, hey, man. We got, we got wow. the famous Alan Bradshaw. You know. <laughs> you through signing autographs? Sometimes shit has to get real before things work. I guess we're he, here. He's been out there hugging babies and shaking hands. Yeah, signing autographs <laughs> and looking for sponsors. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I, I tell you what, man. If anybody says Clay can't get it done, they're lying. Uh, I put... Clay heard me bitching and whining over here, and she went over and got Alan on the podcast. So, yep, yeah. that's pretty cool. It takes a woman to get a, a real job done. Wife. It does yeah. too, by God. Yeah, yeah. We might drive Alan, race cars, but they drive the world. Alan, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate, I appreciate you joining, that. man. You bet. Absolutely. We've been uh, we've been uh, wearing Gary and Toby out and, and visiting about them. I know you're out of time constraints, so tell us a little no. bit about Alan Bradshaw. Well, my dad got me in this mess about 100 years ago. I, I grew up on tricycles doing fire burnouts with Berryman's B12 squirted on the back wheels. And, you know, I got hooked on the racing deal with my dad. I got pictures of me from, my God, high top baby boots and diapers all the way to uh, current. And he and I had a lot of fun racing. And uh, he was definitely an inspiration on getting this ignorant thing called racing started. And we haven't looked back since. And You know, we've run everything from tricycles to top fuel dragsters. So that's pretty good range. Pretty much covers the gamut. Uh, we run alcohol dragsters for a while. Now I've got an alcohol funny car. Matter of fact, we're packing up right now to go to Ennis for the Texas Motorplex. And we're going to run the funny car chaos series. I'm going to have a fill-in shoe in the seat this weekend because I had neck surgery about two and a half months ago. And my doctor won't give me clearance to drive until Penwell. So we're going to be at Penwell with a chaos race and looking forward to that. But meanwhile, we're going to put a guy out of Oklahoma in the car named Shane Lawson. And he's he's funny car dude. He's run races with me in the dragster ranks. And it's a guy I trust. Otherwise, I wouldn't put him in there. We're looking forward to it. Meanwhile, it's bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, a trailer stack full of crap head to toe. And we're going to get this bad boy packed up and the car loaded tomorrow. And we'll head off to Dallas and see if we can't rip some 350s or 60s with the big boys. 
some some things don't change in a hundred years of drag racing. Put everything off to the last minute and thrash like hell, right? Well, it's it's called a brilliant idea, calling let's change cylinder heads and put a new camshaft in it two weeks ago. <laughs> and then the camshaft we got didn't work. Long story short, we had uh, some outlaw pro mod heads that have bigger valves, and the camshaft we had had a lobe separation with the wrong. It was too close together. And bottom line is the valves were hitting each other, which is pretty damn crazy. I've never had that in 40 years of drag racing. But these valves are so big, the overlap had to be 118 lobe separation to get the valves to clear each other. So I called Conway in Oklahoma, and he called Bullet and pulled some strings of John Harridge. And next thing I know, less than seven days later, I got a new camshaft. And we literally put it in Friday afternoon. Uh, it showed up about 3 o'clock Friday and finished the car Saturday. And we've been working on this trailer ever since. So, you know, same old deal. We, we, if we should have, would have, could have. We, if we hadn't put a new set of heads on it, we could have run what we hadn't been done two weeks ago. But such is life. You don't go faster by sitting on your ass doing nothing. And we're all about making changes and going faster. That that is where where did you where did you where did you procure the outlaw pro mod heads from? Uh, a guy named Steve Wiley out of uh, Joshua, Texas, which is down there by Fort Worth. He runs Outlaw Pro Mod. He's had a split window coupe vet, and we ended up buying a whole engine from him. And the short block went a different direction. I got the cylinder heads, and long story short, I had a major upgrade from a AJ Musclehead two cylinder head to the latest Brad Anderson TA one X head. And, it's, you know, they all say it ain't worth much if you don't have a set, but everybody keeps telling me it's about 200 horsepower in this kind of game. It's not about traction. It's about going as fast as you can, as quick as you can. And, you know, we got help on the traction side too. But bottom line is if you don't have the big boy stuff, you're not going to run with them. Is all, is all of this part of the AB performance that you run yeah. also? Or? Yeah, the AB performance parts is a LLC I set up oh, about four years ago. And categorically across time, I've bought and sold so dang many parts, and and I, I kept looking at it. And I thought, you know, there's got to be a way I can do this as a business and offset some expenses and try to try to make it a profitable deal. And, you know, obviously the goal is to buy low and sell high, but I seem to be the guy in the middle ground that gives everybody pretty good deals every time they look up. And that's a good thing. I get to make a little. I get to buy and sell some stuff. And if I can help out my fellow racers and help me out a little bit funding my car, then that's a double win. That's definitely a win-win all the way across. Yeah. Tell us, tell me a little bit about your funny car chaos. What's your what's your schedule looking like on that deal? What uh, when are you going to be in Penwell? Well, I believe that's like May twenty-fifth or sixth, seventh, something like around Labor uh, Memorial Day weekend. So honestly, I know it's at the end of May, and that's, I'm going to be there, and we're going to have this thing screaming, and we're going to do West Texas proud and show the rest of these boys what it's like to race in West Texas. That'd be awesome. How many cars do y'all bring normally? How, how big a field is it? Uh, Dallas has 60 something cars pre-entered, but that's the, uh, the elite race of the year. Obviously the Texas motorplex has a deep heritage of some high end racing and the big boy leagues and the NHRA. And, uh, but on the average, you'll see 20, 25 cars show up across the, across the nation on the rest of the races. And, you know, they've got a field of eight cars and a B field also of eight. And if they've got enough to field it, they will put a C field together. And I guess the cool part about it is, I mean, I'm running for the top dog stuff. I don't care about running for tier three, anything. I want to go for the top. But bottom line is, Chris Craze, when he put this deal together with the funny car chaos, he realized not everybody could have screw-blown Hemis and McKinney chassis and the high-end stuff. And, you know, I've always had a lot of nice stuff, but I've never been a rich dude. I've been more of your, what they call the BD racer, and that's a nice way of saying broke, you know what. But I've had a lot of nice, nice parts over the years. But... Everybody looks at my stuff, they might think I had a silver spoon, but I promise you, I work my ass off to get where I'm at, and 
I got a trailer that got totaled out about four years ago. Nobody wanted to fix it. I bought the dang thing. And you can ask Toby. I mean, we've been working on this damn thing for about three months. And by God, you don't take a trailer to the start line. You take your race car. So it'll be safe and roadworthy. We'll have an awning and a generator and air compressor and all the stuff we need. But bottom line is I'm looking forward to getting back to racing. Uh, the next surgery deal kind of set me back on my heels, kind of blew my mind for a little bit. And I've never had anybody tell me I couldn't do something because last I look, I can I can do all things through Christ. So I ain't scared. So Ain't, ain't scared so, of nothing, man. No. No, one thing one thing you better be scared of is when you quit trying. Amen. Yes, so, sir. Let me let, let me put let me put you on the NHRA hot seat just because you, right. you're in there and, and I, All right. and I no no bullshit, man. But <laughs> I, it's just a it's just a question I got. And the uh the NHRA with the uh pro stock class, which is dying right. as fast as they can kill it, I think. Yep. Why is it the only thing that they can decide that Pro Stock has to offer everybody is staging duels? Well, because it's about like watching Super Comp race. Uh, it's horrible, isn't it? It's just well, horrible. you know, but for the for the purist who understands what those guys go through to produce fifteen hundred horsepower with a fuel injected five hundred inch motor, I mean that's impressive. I mean, I, I give hats off. I mean, I got dear friends like Chris McGahey and Lester and Mason, and I, I respect what they do with those cars. But the wow factor. The average racer today wants to see people wrecking their shit. That's why they watch NASCAR. They want to see people wreck. That's why they yeah. go to no, no prep races. They want to see guys get crazy and wreck. Hey, and, and, and I don't wreck. want to see anybody wreck, but the truth of it is the, the pro stock is fundamentally a Chevrolet-based program because the other big three or the big two decided to pull out of the deal. It got so bad now that, that NHRA is letting you run a Ford Mustang with a Chevy motor in it or an engine. Oh, I did I did not know that. Holy yeah. shit. I so did not know that. They said, basically, we, we want the diversity of the body style, and because we can't seem to get Dodge on board or Ford to be able to run with the Chevys, uh, you guys are welcome to run whatever engine you want in there. Just make it fit the rules of NHRA Pro Stock and what the Chevy guys run and have at it. And that's good because there's guys want to see the Fords run and the you know the Dodge whatever's they've got now, the Chargers. And uh, it, it's – it's sad because, I mean, I grew up as a kid watching Lee Shepard and Frank Iconi on all those boys race. And, dude, that, that was my heart. I love those cars. I love watching Pro Stock back then. And they were little 358 small blocks with five speeds. And the sport got to the point that it's almost cookie cutter. It's like NASCAR. I mean, if you didn't have a front grill and a Ford emblem on the front, I don't know that I honestly could tell the difference in a, in a Ford, a Chevy, or a, a damn Toyota, as I call them, running NASCAR. Yeah. It, it is tough. It really is tough, you know, and I'm with you. I, I truly enjoy the amount of effort. And if everybody remembers, and we were talking about EFI and stuff like that, but these, these were big, these are big inch motors or fairly big inch motors running carburetors up till a few years ago. I mean, they were so far behind the times. And then when they, they let them go to EFI, they, they were, they, it was a question of whether or not they could get it restarted after the burnout for almost a full season. Yeah. They were having yeah. such a problem because, the NASCAR had mandated this, this silly 219 cubic inch or 290 millimeter throttle body, you know, right. so they're having a problem with that. So it, it truly is a lot of uh, challenges and a lot of things that go into making these cars run as well as they do. And they, oh, they yeah. just don't get the love that they're, that they should. Yeah. Well, with every new change and every evolution of technology, you're going to have the growing pains and, you know, NASCAR went through it. NHRA went through it. And honestly, the guys will tell you right now, the NHRA Pro Stock car will run quicker on carburetors and faster than they can on EFI. And it's all basically because of the fuel charge temp, because carburetors have Venturas up there and you're mixing the air coming in right in the carburetor 
and you're cooling the fuel before it ever gets down to the intake port. And with the fuel injection, it's sitting right on top of the head, right there just above the edge of the intake. And they can't get the fuel charge to cool as quick, and they can't make the same power. And uh, that's why if you look real close, and if you knew the inside scoop, I won't name names, but they finally had to come out in the rule book and say, you know, you get a max number of injectors of eight. Because when this deal first kicked off, a couple of teams were real smart. They weren't from around here, just so you know. Um, they are smart, too. But bottom line is they put a they put a ninth injector in there, and they put it on a boost reference pump regulator. And uh, it was applied by CO2. And as soon as they hit the gas on the start line and dumped the clutch, it started fogging the plenary of that EFI intake, cooling the air charge like the carburetors. And, my God, they were they were three mile an hour and a half a tenth ahead of everybody until everybody else started catching on to it. NHRA got wind of it. And they pulled the plug on the, hey, you can't run nine injectors. But, you know, honestly, they never said you couldn't until then. Well, so, and, that, and that's most of what the rules go by until somebody yeah. says something or until somebody hey, does something. It's legal unless you tell me it ain't. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see well, it. Well, and I think that's a lot of the reason the pro mod class is is, 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 is so friendly to everybody. Everybody's enjoying the pro mod class so much. Oh, right? yeah, dude. My God, you got turbos, pro chargers, blown hemis. Uh, the nitrous guys, if one of them been blowing the intake and the scoop off of it, the other one's pitching a belt or banging a pro charger. And, and you know, like I said, I'm not into seeing people destroy their stuff because it, it costs a ton of money to run these cars. But the reality of it is they do offer diversity, and it's loud and it's fast and crazy. And and honest to God, I mean, it, no disrespect to, to pro stock on down, but, I mean, I've bracket raced for 30-something years, and thank God I've had a chance to run in the big boy cars. And, and I love my friends. I love racing local. But, dude, there's nothing like strapping on a car and not having to worry about what you dial in and what you run at the other end. Um, but it's it's definitely a rich man's sport, and I promise you 90% of us don't belong in it. Well, I think I think about 90% of pro mod drivers don't belong in a pro mod either, but they got enough money to buy it. So. Yeah, boy, they sure sell tickets. <laughs> so, right. it's cool. La- last question I got, and then I, know, I don't know how busy you are, but uh, – so um, is Stevie Fast Jackson, is he going to take over the face of uh, NHRA from John Force? No, plan? you can't beat that rock star. That old trucker from the 50s, you can't replace John Force. I mean, I love Stevie Fast Jackson, what he brings to the table. It's a new edge and a new dimension of, of you know, attitude and personality. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard to the old guys. And, you know, Big Daddy Don Garth is my hero. John Force is right there next to him. And, uh even though Stevie Fast may do a lot of things in drag racing, he'll never be John Forrest, at yep, least in I my opinion. Nope, I uh, agree with you. John Forrest is a good man. I'm sure Stevie is too, but bottom line is, is John Forrest goes way past 16 championships or however many he's won now. Hell, it might be 18. Uh, it, it's a bunch. He's he been in the sport since I knew about the sport. So, yeah, yep. it just seems like he's been he's been yep. in it forever and ever. So. I watched him run at Penwell Raceway in the Coca-Cola funny car. God, I'm going to say late 70s, early 80s. And I'm pretty sure I was a little kid running around about 10 years old, plus or minus. And I want to say that was the weekend he had already broken his foot. Or maybe he broke it at Penn. Well, I don't remember the story exactly, but he drove a nitro funny car with a broke foot. And that's that's the true grit of who John Force is. And and people love him for that. I mean, my God, he, he damn near died in Dallas over a, an ignorant uh, heat tree chassis issue that McKinney and John, uh, not McKinney, um, NHRA thought was a cool thing to do. And the car fell apart, and damn near drug his foot off in a Fred Flintstone moment. So that guy, I mean, you, you can't keep him down. He's like John Wick. That's that's, that's kind of like Toby. 
He, he, run, he runs hard, man. Runs yeah. Hard. Yeah. Maybe he's Daddy Wick. I thought I was going to be Daddy Wick if I got me a door card, but maybe John Forrest is Daddy Wick and, John, and Toby's just John Wick. You put that face uh, on 28, you can call it Daddy Wick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I promise you, you better be glad I can't find a chassis I can afford because I don't give a shit what tire I put on. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i take that thing to Penwell and I'll call any of them out. I'm ready. As soon as I get my clearance from my good old yeah, doc right now. Hey. He's he's uh he's uh he's holding me in check and everybody else around me too. But you know, I, I might be brave and, and bold, but I'm not stupid. I don't want to tear up this fuse. I did a two level fusion in my neck, and they got this bone graft material in there, and I'm wearing this stupid Batman looking thing around my neck, shooting electricity through it to stimulate the bone growth activity in the in the fusion areas of my neck. So if they get all that stuff fused up, I'm gonna strap it onto my shin and see if my legs will grow. <laughs> by god i'll get six foot someday i don't have to stand on a pegboard all the time hey toby how, how much money would it cost to put uh i'm toby's daddy on your car uh, a lot <laughs> <laughs> hell i do it for free it couldn't cost yeah. too much you, you give adam a little bit of fireball and a sharpie it'll be on there before the end of the day yeah yeah just ask floyd clemens he'll tell you <laughs> yeah 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 there's a story or two about fireball and drag racing and nike swooshes <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have a good time i mean honestly drag racing's cool it's been my life um i, I think of a story back when i was about 19 or 20 i got ready to go to college in dallas and my dad said uh we're gonna sell the race car and i looked at him like he was crazy i said why he says well i got to put you through college kid and i said well hell it's gonna cost a lot more than that vega cost he goes well i know but every bit helps and, and i looked up at him just sincerely i wasn't trying to be a turd i looked at him i said what are we going to do? And he looked at me and he goes, well, kid, I'd like to think there's a hell of a lot more to being your father than drag racing. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> but that's all we know. And, and I sat out for two, two years and I bought Neil Tinsley's uh, bracket dragster, little Bolton car, my first dragster I ever ran. And I ran that thing the whole last year of my college education. We come in on the weekends. I'd fly in my dad and Randy Bell to have the race car ready and, ready to rock and roll we took them to the dang suburban and go out there on a little jicky midget man trailer and we wore them out that year and we ended up winning the 1992 super pro championship and uh you know i mean I, that that's it's that's all i know the hell i don't know anything else to do i hate golf because i can't play well enough to like it but that year we won the championship i'm standing on stage randy bell's at the racetrack with my rig my dad my mom my wife and all my other family that could make it are in dallas texas with me watching me walk stage graduating as a doctor of chiropractic and i pissed off because i missed my flight so i go to penwell and race and my dad's like you got to be kidding me dude and i'm like well hell that was the plan this guy's gonna shut up i'm gonna walk stage i'm bradshaw i'm in the front of the line i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna go get on my airplane and go race but the funny part was is we got the 10 point show up points for uh the tech card and at the end of the year david brandenburg and i ended up tying for the championship points that year and I had beat him on round money win by a hundred bucks. And so that uh, take no prisoners attitude of that one weekend while I was graduating from college, that 10 points got me to a point, you know, to, to win a championship that year. And it's, you know, they're all special, but I mean, that's my first, it's kind of like your first girlfriend, but what we've, a, we've what had a, our share of fun. What a cool story, man. That is a badass story. That's cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're but my dad, he's just shaking his head, looking at me like I'm an idiot. And I'm like, you started this crap a long time ago. 
and, and you're actually educated too. I mean, you're a chiropractor. You're actually yeah, educated. Yeah, you know? hell, I'm I'm a real wannabe doctor. <laughs> <laughs> How many yep. wallies do you have, Alan? Uh, let's see, one, two, five divisional, four national, one divisional championship, and a world championships, whatever that is, ten or eleven or twelve, something like that. Wow, what'd you get the so, uh, what'd you get the world championship in? 2003, I drove an injected nitro dragster for Randy Meyer Racing out of Kansas, and uh, we had a great time. I mean, we, I ran the Division the 5 series out of uh, NHRA for top alcohol, and I won the Division 5 championship in 02, and I looked up, and I could see the handwriting on the wall. Randy had been running really well, and I didn't have the money to – number one, I didn't even have the money to be there in the first place, but I made it happen. But Randy had the program that was going to win moving forward, and we visited the awards banquet. And I told him, I said, look, how about this? You, you finally got your car dialed in. You're more consistent than you've been in the last three years. I'm pretty sure I can drive you hot, right? How about I put my money and me in the car, and we'll go race? And he said, what do you plan on doing? How many races do you want to win? I said, whatever it takes to win a championship. And the rest is history. We went to 19 races that year. And uh, that's a lot when you're a chiropractor trying to bring in doctors to cover your practice. And the patients are looking up every day thinking, well, hell, where'd he go? Well, he's gone again racing. And, you well, know, I had more of my share of people asking, are you, are you going to play doctor? Are you going to play race car driver? I'm like, let me tell you something. I want to be a race car driver way before I ever became a doctor. So, you know, and I, I think that's fundamentally they don't understand that because, I mean, they would ask me in my practice, hey, what do you do for fun? Play golf? I'm like, hell no, I race cars. And they're like, you mean you risk your life in your hands? And I'm like, yeah. Like, you're crazy. And I go to the racetrack and they go, hey, what do you do for a living? Are you a mechanic? I'm like, hell no, I'm a doctor. And they're like, seriously? <laughs> so I'm a jack of all trades. Hell, I messed up. My daddy and mama started this stuff a long time ago. And here I am killing it. They, they started this train wreck a long damn time ago. Yeah, and it's been a hell of a ride, Bubba, I promise. It, it, it has been fun. I grew up in, in Odessa, and, and I, knew, I knew you of name forever and ever right? and ever. And, uh, so, yeah, it's always been fun as a guy on the outside watching, you know. And, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of big names in the middle of Odessa. That have, yeah, you know, that you can tell see you what, on the uh, TV. If you can win at Penwell Raceway, Penwell Nice and Cap Rock, if you can win in West Texas, you can win anywhere in the country. And you know, I, I grew up when we used to race at Penwell. My God, we would we would judge a weekend by how many Q-tips it took to get all the dirt out of your dang ears. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. And you know, my God, Gary's done so much for that track. I mean, it's it's like our little personal mini motorplex, in my opinion. I mean, my heart's happy every time I drive through that gate and see all that stuff. I'm like. This boy has put his heart and soul and blood, sweat, and tears and money in this thing. And, and we're very proud of it. My God, there's there's hardly any racetracks left. I mean, you know, no pressure, Gary, but, I mean, you know, we're one of the last men standing. Yeah, don't fuck it up, Gary. Seriously. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm going to leave that to, to, to Bradshaw when he retires from racing. He's going to become the new yeah. track owner. Yeah, I don't think they want me as a track operator. They can barely tolerate me as a driver. <laughs> so, yeah, but, no, I'm really proud of Gary and the track. I mean, my God, you – you go out to PKR and, and, and see Jack Ness, and God bless him. He did a hell of a job. He probably made a ton of money we'll never know about. But that boy knew how to fill the, the staging lanes. But this boy, Gary, he knows how to fill all the above. And, my God, the number of people that show up in some of these no-prep races, that's where it's at. The bracket stuff is, is fundamentally a good time, and a lot of people come out and have fun. But, you know, I mean, Gary saw the trend coming. And way back when no-prep wasn't cool, he says, no, it is cool. And now you, you talk about anything but no-prep, it's like, well, who goes to a bracket race and, and no disrespect to those guys. They have a lot of fun. And 
I've tried it, been there, done that, T-shirt, hat, and the rule book. But the no prep deal is has got my attention. And like I said, if I if I could have sold my rolling chassis two months ago for about forty grand, and and Toby to loan me about thirty more, I would have uh, I'd have bought me a real door slammer and I'd put big tires under it, and we'd give all these uh, Midland boys a run for their whatever money around here with the big tire class. Yeah, that that absolutely that absolutely would have would have set the world on fire right there. Yeah, that that'd be great. cool. I, I don't know too many screw blowers around here. I tried to get you that thirty grand, but Mike wouldn't give it to me. Yeah, well, you know, that government. He's probably doing us both a favor. Doing us all a favor. I think what yeah. I'll do is I'll just I'll just pull a couple of rods and pistons out of Toby's car and tell him, hey bro, it ain't running right. We're gonna have to do something different. And then when he ain't looking, I'll throw my Hemi in there and throw a set of real race tires on the back of it and go racing. Hey, I'll tell you right now, two weeks ago, it ain't running right. It might have a piston there. It's like eight to one compression compared to the rest. Yeah. Well, I promise you that one hole, that's got a funny car screw blower piston in it. Come out of my hot rod. Like I said, never say never. We put stuff together for that weekend, and we literally strapped him in the car in the pits. And he goes, well, are we going to crank this thing? I said, hell no. It's either going to crank here or crank over there. Just get in the car and get strapped in and get ready. I'm not so, sure it's going to crank twice. Yeah, I mean, it's either going to be a failure in the pits or on the on the burnout box, so let's just go over there and figure it out. I can tell you, my, my team has no quit. And, and that yeah. line. He told me to get in the car and suit up. I was in the car, fully suited up, Honda device, helmet, everything, and they were putting push rods in the motor. Yeah. <laughs> and it was and it Getting was in, I said, by God, we're going to be ready in about five minutes. Hurry up. So, And then we get up there and, and – Poor Toby, his illustrious tuner did such a fine job building an engine, and we got up there with a little zest to tune up, and it went out there about 80 or 100 foot and smoked the tires. But you know that was the ending to a weekend a hell of a lot better than a year ago when that thing got skinned up and tore up. So I'll, I'll take a tire smoking defeat in round one over what the poor guy went through last year. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough to watch yeah. him wad that car up last. Oh time. shit, dude! It, it made me sick. I wasn't even at the racetrack that weekend. I come out there and. I felt like a wounded papa with his kid getting kicked in the nuts. And I, I was had tears in my eyes for him. I was like, damn, dude. Yes, He's sir. Like, that was, I'm okay. That was a bad weekend. Yeah, it was not cool. But thank God he made it. And, you know, we're yeah, just dumb was, enough to keep spending money to fix it. So here we go again. That was a lot of help from Gary and his staff being as awesome as they are. They were quick on the scene and got me out of the car and made sure everything was good. I mean, they yeah. did top-notch work. I heard they brought a five-pound shovel to scrape the crap off the track, too, when you got out. Yeah, I don't know if that was mine or his, though. <laughs> we just don't look at the picture of everybody's. We just don't look yeah. at the race pack sensor that was attached to the seat for vacuum. Yeah, yeah. That's probably yeah. the, the worst thing in the 40 world inches for of vacuum. <laughs> I, yeah. I, remember, I, remember, I remember Toby walking down to our pits. Of course, you know, you got everybody over there looking at the carnage and shit, and I wasn't going to walk down there. And uh, Toby come walking over to to mine and uh, and uh, Jack's pit over there after a while, and he's he's hobbling over there. And I looked at him and I went, "You all right?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine." You mean get in your car? Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I won't I won't say he cried or anything, but I got him on my adjustment table at the house. I tuned him up for about a week. And oh yeah. He, he had a couple of grimaces on his face, and I won't say a teardrop fell, but. He was moaning like a stuck hog. I'll tell you, if he so, tells you it sounds like it's going to feel like a finger popping, he's lying. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least it was on your back, bro. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got some stories that. Oh, Lord. Well, I better stop there because these stories may get too deep. But um, I'm going to get in here and, 
and, and put this dumb for this. race car rig together and get this funny car loaded up tomorrow. And um, I appreciate you guys inviting me to podcast. I enjoyed hanging out with y'all. Hopefully it was a, a bit entertaining to say the least. And uh, we'll do it again. Alan, I appreciate you. It means the world to me. We, we do this just to have fun. And, uh, yeah, we can say whatever the fuck we want on this thing. But I really appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you no so problem, much. No problem. Y'all have fun. Everybody take care. Thanks, Alan. All right, Alan. We'll Bye-bye. see you. Alan. You bet. Hey, to- Toby, tell me about your singing career. My singing career? Yeah. <laughs> I don't sing. I, I thought I heard you were a singer someplace. Okay. Yeah, I, right. I sing in tenor every once in a while, 10 or 11 miles away where nobody can hear me. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay, all right. <laughs> I sang in the shower one time and the water quit running. You just died right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, hey, Gary, I, I, I want to keep no prepping because I ain't got a singing career, that's for sure. Uh, uh, all right, well, you're doing good at the no prepping, so just keep no prepping. You're fine, man. Hey, Gary, tell me, tell me what you think EFI has done for uh, – the uh, sportsman racer, the uh, the bracket guy. What do you what do you think that's going to the sport? What do you think happening? It's taking its sweet time getting there. Um, I don't know why a lot of people haven't moved to EFI sooner than what they've been. Um, I'm seeing more and more cars now do it. Um, of course, the the faster street cars or you know the new LS based stuff or what have you with the newer modern technologies all that way. But I, as far as, as far as the bracket, true bracket guys running box, no box, stuff like that. You just don't see enough of it. Um, part of it's just getting through the modern technology part. Uh, bracket racers don't necessarily like change. <laughs> Yeah, no shit, right? So, <laughs> I, I think that's a, a big part of it. But eventually, it's all going to go that way, and uh, we're not going to have a choice, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. You know, uh, uh, the bracket race group is, you know, it, it's predominantly, I'm going to say it's over 50 for sure. And, um, you know, they've been running the same engine and combination for the last 35 years, and it's what they've done. And so it, it's it's interesting to talk to those guys. You know, I show up with my slow ass bracket car and, and it's funny to watch those guys and come over and look at it. And they're like, man, I don't no, Not for me, man. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. They just don't understand it. And, um, and that's changing slowly. Um, one of the programs that I have to help that process, which is kind of unseen. Um, we start racing junior kids at five years old now. And then I started a teen challenge class that, I got IHRA to jump on board with uh, probably 2018 to where you're 13 to IHRA rolls of 13 to 17, but I was letting 13 to 19 run um, with a legal guardian in the passenger seat. And the reason I do that is because that's our future racer. If you can't afford a junior dragster as a teenager, it it can put you in mom and dad's minivan if that's that's what they have. Um, and get you tied into the sport and hope to get you hooked. And our new young age of racer um, is the new EFI guys. Man, I tell you what, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is an absolute gem of a way to get some of these kids. In. I mean, you're looking at kids now that don't start driving or get a license until they're after 19, 20 years old. Yeah, but my- to actually get – 
but to get these kids in there that um that 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 have an opportunity to get their parents involved in some fashion and to get them involved in some fashion i think it's pretty damn cool i think it's i think it needs to be a lot more publicized it it does and it's it's it grows and then it kind of fades off and then it grows and it just goes in stages but that was my whole idea of building a new class um 10 15 years ago all we had was box no box pretty much and a street class so there's a big gap there um and i just tried to fill the gaps with the age groups so now we literally have kids at five years old and we have gentlemen at 85 year old we got a 77 year old lady um her husband passed away um god rest his soul <laughs> her first move was to go buy a new hellcat <laughs> he, he didn't want to race in, and she said that's all she ever wanted to do so she races with us on a normal basis um got her out there and taught her how to drive and she's a she's a big part of pinwell nights raceway now um and she's a big supporter of lubbock dragway and lubbock dragway is trying to make a comeback Lubbock, Lubbock Dragway is making a comeback. Um, it's going to take some time. They got a long way to go, um, but they're they're never give up kind of guys. Um, good family. They became good friends of us. We support each other. Um, I think they'll be successful. It's just going to take some time to get the old facility back up and going. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and you touched on junior dragsters and. I'm new to the junior dragster game. You've been in the junior dragster game a long, long time. And uh, I believe 96 is when we first bought our first junior. I, I would believe that. Yeah, I, I would definitely believe that because I remember talking to you about juniors way back. And I'm like, so you're running a what? Yeah, I had no idea what it was back then. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I don't either. I just bought you a couple of months ago. And Gary knows this. I was like, hey, I need help. <laughs> yeah, we just got we just got Toby involved in the junior game. Um, and they had their first race, so I guess Bounty Hunters No Prep yep. was y'all's first first event. So, so. yeah, Bounty Hunter was. I guarantee you, you know, if 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 anybody wants to talk bad about No Prep guys or talk about how they're kind of Neanderthals or how they're kind of knuckle draggers, sometimes the the amount of support that the No Prep scene gives to the Junior Dragster scene is amazing. You know, they they go out of their way. I'll, I will post a purse literally of 250 or $350, maybe 500 for a no prep race. We've paid up to $8,500 to the, to the winner of a junior dragster race on a $500 guaranteed purse. $8,500 for a junior. Dragster. Dirty South, no yeah. prep two years in a row. We got over $8,500 to the winner. Um, all raised and donated money the night of the event. Absolutely. In the driver's meeting. In the driver's meeting. Um, yes, the racers step up, the crew step up, company owners step up. It's it's awesome. It, it is. And, Toby, I, I want to say as a, as a guy that's, that's bringing kids up through junior dragsters, it's amazing what your group has done to help those kids and to make them feel welcome in a, in a sport that is just so male-oriented and – you know, for me to bring my daughter in and feel comfortable with my daughter coming in this year, 
it's going to be like, I, I don't worry about her. I mean, it's just, you, you take her out there and everybody's looking after everybody. And it's like, okay, so everybody's good. Okay. If you need something, let me know, or I've got her or whatever, you know, and, and, you know, the 12 year old boy, the son, the same way, you know, everybody's like, Hey, where's Mike? Oh, well, he's, he's back there parking his junk in the trailer again. So, okay. I'll get striker started right quick and I'll get him up there and he's ready to go. So it's just amazing. You're it, right. You know, and I brought two girls into it this year, 11 and a 13 year old. Unfortunately, only one of them made it to bounty hunter, but you know, I, I talked to Gary. I got all the info I needed on how to work the junior and everything else because I'm I'm not a junior dragster guy. I never had one. But I do care about the future of drag racing, so I wanted to keep growing. But unfortunately, we had catastrophic failure with my car. So I'm trying to tell everybody else how to run this junior while I'm trying to fix my car. And, and thank God I have a stand-up crew. And they, they all jumped in. And, you know, even one of my sponsors stepped in and, and helped out. I mean, they, they did an awesome job. And I couldn't be more grateful for those people. But... The only way to continue this sport is to, to keep it growing, and that's to get the kids involved. You know, unfortunately, it's we're in an era where they're all about video games and TV. You got to get them out of those in front of that and put them in a car. Yeah, I agree with you. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the video games and the TV is, is, and the telephone is where it is. But, you know, as a parent, when you when you take the time and you, and you give them some other avenues and some other places to, to, to spend that energy – it's amazing what they'll do with it, you know. Um, when when Clay, my wife and I are racing, and, and Jackie's racing, and David, um, you know, we, we can go to a racetrack, and it's it's amazing because we'll, we'll finish up in a no box, and we'll finish up, and just as we're finishing up, of course, the juniors are going up, and and whoever is is there is making sure that that the junior is ready to go because they can't start the son of a bitch from inside the car. So you got to have at least somebody to start it for them. Absolutely. And it's just, it's just amazing how people look out for them and make sure that everything is the best that it can be for them to go. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a very competitive class. Um, and with com- competition comes attitude. And But even though that attitude shows up every now and then, they might drop everything they do to put a motor on your son's car or whatever. Running a race – like I do, I don't have much time to campaign uh, junior or more or less do anything else besides make sure the event goes off smooth. Um, but I've got parents and friends and you name it, steps up. And my son's able to race a lot of the times um, because of others. And they might be our biggest competitor, but they're there to help us. And this year, I think we're campaigning five juniors. Oh my God. Wow. I can't imagine. And we're, we're, we're trying to put some more together. We've been working on a, uh, Oh, driving school slash, um, a children's ranch combination that we've been trying to put together for about a year now. Uh, less fortunate kids, putting them in vehicles, giving them a place and an Avenue to go besides keeping their mind on their foster care or, um, their adoption or whatever, and it gets the adopted the adoption parents or the foster parents involved. Uh, we're working on that program. We still haven't finalized everything just because of the red tape, insurance, and uh, stuff like that is some stuff that we're having to deal with right now. But it just opens the door for a lot of other peoples to get involved that normally wouldn't be in the sport, and we couldn't do that without racers like Toby. 
you know, getting well, involved it, in buying cars, y'all buying cars. Yeah, um, and, and and that's the truth. You know, you, you talk about it, and that's like sporting clays. I mean, that, that's this podcast is sporting clays, and that's my other hobby is sporting clays, and I suck at both of them pretty bad. But to to – to go talk to somebody or a, a, a sponsor or something like that. And you go, Hey, I've got a, a nine-year-old kid and I want to put a shotgun in their hand and teach them how to shoot. Oh my God. No, we can't have any guns. Well, that's not it at all, man. It has to do with, with pride and ownership and doing things the right way and following directions. And it's a very, very safe sport. Exactly. Drag race, drag racing is the same way. It's a very, very safe sport. If they had any idea of the, of the thousands of cars that go down a track event free, then that's it. But you don't get that. You know, all you see is the, the horrendous crash of, you know, um, some top fuel guy blowing up a car at 150 feet. But yeah. that's not what it is. I see that a lot with with people that come new to the track, see the kids show up. How old's that kid? He might be five or he might be eight or he might be 12. And it just floors them. And to me, from the inside looking out, uh, I was a street racer. And I used to push my 67 SS 396 Chevelle at 12 years old down the end of the block to go street race with you, yeah. Mike. I know you did. <laughs> I was there. So, uh, you know, they might think it's dangerous, but it's not near as dangerous as it was back in the day when I was street racing at 12, 13 years old. Um, yeah, we, we raced a lot at Wireline and uh, nine, nine miles. Mile. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was one of the coolest things. I I remember going way, way back was we'd go out to nine mile on the weekends or whatever it was or whatever night everybody go to nine mile. You go out there and just see if anything was going on. And I remember these two old fuckers showing up. And I'm going to say old fuckers because they're probably about my age now. But they unloaded out of the trailers two of these badass cars and got it on out there. And I went, oh, my God, I cannot imagine this happening all the time. And now you look and the shit's going on everywhere. Yeah, now it's, it's what we were doing on the street is now what's made drag racing great again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually what put it's actually what's putting people back in the, in the stands seats. again. Yes, sir. Yeah, because nobody understands bracket racing. No. Nobody gets bracket racing. I love I but love I bracket racing. Um, it just no, you don't. It, it no, just don't, don't do it for the average person <laughs> anymore. You got it's, it's a it's too much to understand. It's a very competitive, very complex game. Yeah, nobody understands there's two races exactly. in every bracket race. Nobody exactly. understands that. But if you if you put an index race together, people can understand an index race. And that's why they, they I don't that's why I started the Skinny Kids Productions Heads Up series. Um, yeah. is to try to get bracket waste racing a break and get new new people in the seats to see that's what they know. Um, and it's been a rough go. We're, we're, we're starting our third season. I think I've got six scheduled events this year. Um, but it's growing and the classes are getting bigger and they're getting better. And, um, it's just to entertain a different crowd and hope that they'll come on a more regular basis than what they would for just a bracket race or try to get a heads up guy and tied up into the bracket program. I have to work it what, both ways as a business owner. What yeah. What was the? I was watching your race. I'm sorry, Toby. What was your? What was the 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 small tire junior class small tire? What What was that that you were televising on your last race on your on your no prep junior varsity? Yeah. What was that? 
it's basically a 530 index is basically what it is um it's it's something that we've created we we did two new classes this year junior varsity and then the weekend warrior and the weekend warrior was a index race 60650707580850890 joined together as a bracket and it's funny that we we tried to launch this in Lufkin at Bounty uh, Winter Meltdown last year and it worked and I had incorporated a faster like a dragster class I think I did 470 through 50s in my heads up series and it worked um but it it just takes a person that thinks a heads up race is the only way to race and puts them in a bracket scenario. So we tried that and it worked this year. I think we had 48 cars for the weekend warrior class on Friday night. And then the junior varsity, we had 30 some odd cars. Um, and it's, it's basically a heads up race, but it's a five thirty breakout. Okay. So, so- so basically, you got you got a five thirty you got a five thirty breakout on it. Yes, sir. It, it separates monsters like John Wick um, <laughs> to the guys like you know with a with a smaller budget or a, the not near the drive to to put in and time to put into a vehicle like what Toby does, John Wick. No, and you did the new class this year with the 450 deal too. You know? And I added a I added a class this year, um, <clears throat> changing the rules a little bit. And while we were talking, I got a text to a guy that's not happy with me because he's building a car for Outlaw Small Tire. Imagine that. And I changed the I changed the rules from last year to this year to no chassis cars because of my average small tire guy is a 490, and we had. We had some of you New Mexico boys come down here. Trevor Dominguez came down here, rip off a 450 and blow the field away. So I started a 450 class and took the tube chassis out of small tire. So it's basically run what you run, run, run what you brung, door car. Um, but it, it's got a 450 cap on it. Um, cars like Big Booty Judy, Brody Milton can run this class and back it down and not spend all his money you know it's five six hundred dollars a pass minimal for them guys to make a hit um if, if they can if they can come run these classes and not wing on them near as hard um and still be competitive in a heads-up class i did it years ago with the 470 nights and i had i'd have 20 25 cars um no prep started taken over and I lost them cars. Well, so, I, as, as a little, as a little guy that is little meansy faggot nuts is trying to drop and he's trying to figure out how to get on small tire. It was interesting to me because I, it, it, it makes sense to me to, to try to get in something like that. So yeah, that was, well, it's an entertaining it was, class. It's a fun class for the drivers. It's a fun class for the spectators. Um, you don't have to be wealthy to, to, to be competitive in the class. And there's more average Joe's trying to run small tire than there is, you know, the fast guys. Brent Self, Toby Knox, intimidating. 
Well, yeah, it's tough when you get up there and they're, you know, fire breathing, belt driven monsters and they got, you know, 600 pounds of blower sitting on top of the car. You know, he'll run over you and through the wall and everything else to beat you. And you're like, holy shit, I ain't quite ready for all that. Yeah. You know? So it, it's a, it's a, it, it's basically a stepping stone um, to say if you, to get into small tire, if you're wanting to go faster and faster and faster, but it gives you a class competitive enough um, to get that rush and that feel and, and to go have a chance to win some decent money. Well, it gives you, it gives you that heads up feel and it, and it keeps, like you say, it, it, it keeps the crowd there, but you know, the heads up part of it is just, it's just cool. And so many times as a, as a as a car guy that's building a car and trying to say something like that, you just kind of swallow it and go, well, there's no way I can run, you know, 390s or something like that. So I'm just going to have to stay over here and do what I do. So it, it's, I'm glad you got something. That's really awesome. Well, yeah, that's, you know, that's prep track racing, too, that we do a lot of that on. So it's the prep track's more forgiving than the no prep. Um, the no prep is more forgiving ET-wise because you got to get it down the track. So our fastest guy had the, our fastest guy in Bounty Hunters, uh, big tire, had the field covered by three tenths, but he couldn't get there. So on a, on a good clean pass, he is three tenths faster than the, than the car that won the event. And that goes for all classes. Does the tower know everybody's time? Um, Gary knows and Matt Plotkin knows everybody's time. After the event, after okay. yeah, we we block everything off. Um, the only time that we have to look at something is if there's a sensor failure or something happened, and we have to go back to the tape or go back to the the computer to see who was where at what times. Hey, hey, Toby, what what? You know, and, and I know the instant green stuff is big and, and, and we all have our own idea on how to do an instant green so that, you know, you ain't got to go back to the tape for a flashlight start and shit like that. But how do, how do you fix the instant green so that everybody's not pissing and whining all the time? Put it back on a pro tree and take out the guesswork. Okay. And and that's what we did. Um, there was so much whining and crying with the instant green situation. We started running the pro tree with 30 South no prep and incorporated it with bounty hunters and we it'll be the same for winter meltdown. Yeah, um, honestly, if you run the, the, the pro tree, there is no crying. They can't say, Well, he guessed it. You know, it stops every, that. Yeah. It stops the crying. Yeah, it, it eliminates all the BS that oh you cheated the tree and that's why you beat me. No, I went faster and that's why I beat you. So and that that makes sense from a guy watching it. That just makes a lot of sense to me because the, to pull all the light bulbs out and the, the bullshit and the back and the forth and then this and that, it's like put the fucking light bulbs in and everybody knows what they're doing. So everybody gets a fair shot at it. And if you're on the outside, you can see what's going on. No, and it's fair all the way around. Just like Gary's little outlaw series. You know, I, did I plan on running some of his outlaw small tire and his skinny kid deal? Absolutely, I did. I was going to use it for testing. And then I seen the rules come out, and I was like, well, I'm out. But I had a text. Somebody texted me today, and they're like, well, dang, Gary just booted you out of his, his whole deal. I'm like, no, he left a 450 index down there. You know, I can run that. I can, I can you know, speed the car up and get a 450. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and Toby wasn't the one bitching. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> I was like, I'm okay with that, you know, because I have to consider that. I mean, am am I a millionaire that does this? Absolutely not. I do this out of my ass pocket just like everybody else. And there's weeks I struggle and there's weeks I don't, you know. And I, I do have some good sponsors that help me out. Uh, do they hand me a ton of money? Absolutely not. You know, some of them help with just getting the car ready. But, you know, you got to give those guys that don't have that budget or that power plant that we got a chance to try to do this and enjoy it. You know, I was the same guy. I ran that Nitros Vega. Everybody knows it as Little Evil, you know, Old Smokey. The motor was hurt for nine months, pretty much. I mean, Gary, watch it. It looked like a diesel running down the track. But I couldn't afford to fix it. I just fixed I just ran it until I finally blew it up. Very fast diesel, I might say. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it yeah yes, sir. You put enough nitrous in it, it'd fill up by about 3.30. <laughs> but, I mean, that, I was a budget racer. nitrous will make shit run that don't want to run. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you. But, you know, I was a budget racer. And then when I we, we sat back and decided to build John Wick, I had, to, I had to build a whole new budget. And my whole lifestyle changed. You know, and it, and it still does. I mean, everybody knows I hurt the motor two weeks ago. And I'm two weeks later, and I'm still trying to figure out how to fix it. You know, parts. I guarantee, I, I guarantee that fucking car is pretty right now. If you want that some bitch up again, I'm going to be upset this time. If I, paint if, job is pretty. I'll tell you, if I want it up right now, my painter's probably going to whoop me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the world's worst feeling for a track promoters to see a car get watered up. I know, I but Gary imagine. still won't paint that red mark on that right guardrail. And I'm really tired of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm fixing to paint it, buddy. <laughs> I, I want to paint my car the exact opposite of what you got going right now. I love that red with with a black strap. I think would be amazing. Well, it's the exact same colors it was last year. I just reversed the colors. No, it ain't got that. It ain't got that guardrail stripe down anymore. Yeah, so. and, and the only reason I reversed it is because I got tired of everybody asking me if it was Birdman's car. Yeah, that's little bird, <laughs> little little Birdman right there. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, this sport has grown a bunch, and and, and even my team. I mean, Gary knows I started off a couple of years ago in the no prep world with the Vega and I started ball time racing. You know, it, it was just me. And now I've got several cars involved between Josh Cohen out of Taos, New Mexico with Sketchy Bird, Jackie Klein over there with y'all. You know, I got a couple of new ones at Bounty Hunter, David uh, Noel and Gordy King want to jump on board. Now I got two juniors, you know, ball time racing is growing a bunch. And if you actually knew the story about ball time racing, it's, it's funny how we came up with the name, and it was working on the Vega one night. And we were well, trying tell to make, me. We were trying to tell make shirts. So they said, you got to come up with the team name. And I was putting a camshaft in it because I broke it at, at Little River, racing JJ's arm drop, and was running Roswell the next weekend. And I was trying to put a camshaft in. I said, I ain't. Toby? Toby? Uh-oh. We lost. God damn it. No shit. Gary, you still here? I'm still there, brother. His his, his prepaid minutes ran out. He walked, he did he walked into he walked into his cave. <laughs> well, finish the story, Gary. I know you know the story. What is it? Um, well, I, I honestly don't know the whole story. Um, but what he basically came down to, they're working on borrowed time. They're trying to get everything done. The only, only thing that was going to save them was the grace of God to get this car back together. And that's where they came up with the name out. That's the, how I know the story. Hello, there he is. God damn it! You you dropped right at, at the fucking climax right there. I am, and now he's gone forever. Yep, he's gone forever now. All but, right. Well, but Toby we and his team, Toby and all them Midland boys, man, and 
in the and with the help of Alan Bradshaw, they they have no no quit in them, and it's, it's pretty amazing to watch. You know, I don't I don't think a lot of people that that come out and just enjoy the no prep race, and I'm talking about your average fan that that probably watches it on TV and knows some names and things like that, but they don't understand the amount of time and effort that that goes into trying to get these cars together. Hey, I'm you know, back. Toby, there he Toby, is. He's back. finish, finish your story. So, 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 so you're putting a camshaft in this busted ass junk and trying to make it to Roswell. Yeah, they told me. They said you got to come up with the team name, and I said I ain't got time. I'm running on bald time already. So, hence <laughs> is where bald time racing came from. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Have you got a website, or just people buy your stuff when they go to the races? We have our Facebook page, Bald Time Racing. Uh, I used to have a website. And all that, and some things happened in my life. I mean, Gary knows a couple of years ago, my stepson got killed, and things changed. And so, we haven't got everything back up and running like we used to have, but I still do have the Facebook page. We have an Instagram page, and of course, my own personal Facebook page. But that's about all we use right now. That's probably the best way to get a hold of you. And, and Gary, is Facebook about the best way to find out what's going on with, the, with your track? Pretty much, yes, sir. Anything I do Absolutely. is pretty much posted all over Facebook. Okay. What are you going to do when um, when uh, the Russians shut down Facebook? Are you going to have to go to th- – you going to TikTok? Or We're going to TikTok, go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, man. I really appreciate y'all. Y'all have just absolutely blown it out of the park. Gary, do you have anything that you want to add? Do you have anything coming up the first half of the year you want to promote? Uh, March 25th, 26th, 27th this weekend – uh, Friday night, Test and Tune and Gamblers Race. Saturday and Sunday, Bracket Racing. Um, May 20th and 21st, we got Funny Car Chaos, Oldfield Nationals. That's always a good show with a small tire program, a junior dragster shootout. Um, kind of mix mix a, mix it up for all the racers, um, but it's an awesome show to watch. Will you be doing index at that Funny Car Chaos? I will be doing a 6-0 and 7-0 index at that race. That'd be a good one. And Toby, where 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 are you gonna be you and John Wick gonna be in the next uh the rest the rest of the first half of this year? If everything works out in our favor, like we're praying to God it does, and because he's always helped us, we're hoping to be at Brawling the Falls next, which is I believe is May seventh. May seventh, Wichita Falls. And then if if my car fits the rules for Funny Car Chaos, we'll be there for sure because I, I support Gary 100% on every event he can do, and I can be there. But other than that, we just play it by ear for the rest of the year. I mean, it just depends on what the good the good Lord blesses with and what days they let me take off from work. I hear you on that. And, and Jack Klein, where can they see the um, where can they see your hot rod at? Where are you going to be at? I plan on hitting up every one of a. Uh, Gary's races, his, his index classes. And then I want to try to make it with Toby to Wichita Falls a couple times. But I know for sure we'll be over there at a winter meltdown. Thank you. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Gentlemen, I want to say thank you to all of y'all. And it's just fucking amazing how, how you guys can come on and we can visit and talk. And Gary, you've been a friend of mine since God Almighty, I don't know, 89 or 90. Been a while. And I appreciate your time. Thank y'all for uh, everything. Thank y'all for supporting the track. And thank you for supporting me. 
Absolutely. And Toby, thank you for everything you do. And Jack, I just appreciate everything about you too. So thanks for everybody. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And please, let's do it again, man. Y'all text me if you got something to say. Fuck it. Let's come on. Let's do something, man. I appreciate it. Sounds good to me. I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate Gary for sure. All right. Y'all have a great night. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Jumping at your truck like it's double dust. I kick up dust, I have a yelling what?